0: Ephesians chapter 1. Last week uh, we were talking just about, uh, as a church, we're going through Ephesians together. uh, Just going verse by verse, seeing what God would would drop in our hearts. The first chapter is ridiculously um, descriptive. Like if you could spend literally a week on every verse, uh, we've decided not to for the sake of time. But um, there is so much there. And as you're reading through it, you can just uh, allow him to speak to you and show you more. It's amazing what he can do. Last week we learned that God wants us to remember three things. Uh, he wants us to remember by experience, not just remember up here, three things. And I got in trouble last week for man bashing, so I'm sorry if, I, uh, if uh, you felt bashed as a male, but um, I'm not into that, I'm not, you know, it's uh, whatever. But um, I had mentioned that, you know, the men may have a harder time remembering long list of things, so God made it short for th- um, three things. But let's just do a little test here and see if, uh, if, we, if we we're right or wrong. How many of you remember what the three things that God wanted you to remember? It's an open book test, so yes, Chris, give me one. Yeah, exactly. Know the hope of the calling. Call to salvation. Call to tell it. It's open book. Way to go. Any of you women want to tell me what the second one is? I know. You don't have your Bibles on the screen this morning. It's like, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, last night, um, you guys did better than last night. Last night, they remembered the shopping list items, the thr- the, what, was on, what was on the list of what I was supposed to buy. Um, I was hoping that that was going to tie to a spiritual truth, but somehow that got lost. But what God's desiring for us to see and experience is that you'd know the hope that's in the calling that you have, that you're a follower of Jesus, and there's incredible hope in that, that there's, um, that there's a, a richness of the inheritance that Jesus has, and he's sharing it with you. That, like, say, God's, like, that's a big project. Doesn't matter. God's got tons of money. Uh, and we are talk about a little bit of what that money's for a little bit later. But he, he can handle that. Like, if he calls you to step out in something, he can handle it. Uh, and the last thing it was just said that you would have your eyes open, that you would see the power of God. Man, we need that in a big way. We got people facing big things in our world. Cancer, big thing. You know, um, loss of jobs, big thing. We got worry and fear crippling uh, some people, big thing. But guess what? He says, I want you to see the power. I don't want you to just hear about it. I want you to experience it. I want those things to be changed in your your life. And so in Ephesians chapter 1, it says it's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. (laughs) That guy, man, if he can raise people from the dead, what's impossible? What is impossible? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 23, it says this, I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. It's it's real key there. It's, It's in believing him. Uh, A lot of times what we think we believe, we don't really. Uh, It says this, This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead, seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he's far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. He's above it. Um, Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ, has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, and the church is his body. It's made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. And you're like, man, that's a long sentence again. But there's some incredible, incredible little nuggets of truth in there. I wanted to uh, share that with you. A couple of weeks ago, I lent my car out to someone, and they texted me afterwards and uh, said, you know, hey, do you want me to return your car with all your radio stations changed? And I was like, oh, great. You know, but uh, I've got got my specific things. Where I can listen to the Leafs, on uh, when I'm in the Hagersville area and then where I can listen to the Leafs everywhere else because Hagersville, I don't know, something wrong with that place, um, but you drive through there and everything goes crackly, but I got, I got my presets set and I got in my car and uh, I found out today that she didn't mess with my presets; she just changed the channel, so as I drove in, I get in the car on November 1st, I turn, uh, turn on my car and I'm driving, all of a sudden I hear the radio blare on and the uh, songs are Christmas carols. I'm like, November 1st, like, that's 55 days away from Christmas. I got 55 days to realize that I never want a hippopotamus for Christmas, and I never want to hear that song ever again. Uh, It's like... Wait, at least till after Remembrance Day, you know, to bust out the the Christmas carols. But I thought, I thought, you know, I'm kind of, it's warm out, but I'm kind of like in the Christmas mood. I'm just going to listen to it for a little while. Do you know, as I listened to the Christmas carols and heard about chipmunks singing and, you know, All I Want for Christmas is You and You're All I Want for Christmas, um, same song, different ways around. uh, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth, I realized in all the songs I heard, I never heard one about Jesus. Not one. I realize, too, that, you know, if you can write um, all these songs about Christmas and take him out of it, it's like having a birthday party and, and, and the person whose birthday is not there. It just would seem a little odd. And yet, there is, an, a, there is an agenda to get any form of Jesus Christ out of our culture the quickest way that we can. Why? Why? We know that Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. Are we so against saviors that we just don't want Jesus in our lives, in our culture? Not really. If you look at the box office uh, this week and the top rated DVDs, number one box office hit this week, Thor. You know, it's about the Avengers and about the guys, I don't know if he is, but a bunch of those guys are heroes, you know, Iron Man and, and, and then there's, you know, the, the, these, are, these are heroes. These are saviors. They come to save the planet. You know, we love that. We'll pay big bucks for that. You know, the number one DVD rental this week, Man of Steel, Superman, you know, we love that. This, this man comes down to save the world. So when the truth of that happens, why do we push against that so much? Because you know what? The truth really is that, that the, the idea of Jesus and Christmas isn't that really that we, came, that we got a Savior. It wasn't really that a Savior came to the world. It's a new master came to the world. It's something for us that we, you know, we're all good with saviors. We're not good with new masters. Because there's something in every one of us that wants to push against someone else controlling our lives. really is. We sang the song, My Whole Life Is Yours. Many of us can't sing that song with any genuine conviction. Because really... Yeah, God, my life is yours when it's convenient. My life is yours when you uh, make it good. My life is yours when, when uh, you give me what I want when I want it. I'm God. You're my puppet. Do as I say or else. And really you say, oh, I'll never say that. But in the lifestyle we live, is it sometimes possibly true that that's what it is? You know, every other religion denies the fact that Jesus is God. See, the whole idea of Christmas and, and this, what Paul's writing in Ephesians, he's saying, this is who Jesus is. He's God. He's Lord. Period. Done. But our society and our culture and even us has issues with that. Thanks for that. Amen. I love it. Someone's, got me. Someone's with me in this track in here this morning. Jesus is God. He's Lord. I'll give you another chance. Amen. <laughs> I know we don't do that here, but we do that here. Uh, every other religion denies it. They do. Some vehemently will attack countries that profess that Jesus is Lord, whether they believe it or not, will be attacked just for simple thought. Some knock on your door just to let you know that Jesus really isn't God, and they've got a few verses to prove it. Um, Others simply will not tell you about it, but if you ask them, they'll just say, ah, he's a good man. He's a prophet, but, you know, that's it. He's not really really God. Atheists, they don't believe that he exists, and they're still mad at him anyways. You know, it's like, that part I don't get. You, it's you know it's like um, I, I don't go around like my daughter. She believes in fairies, and every time I go like I don't believe in fairies. Uh, one of her aunts taught her this, you know that the the little white butterflies and the thing are fairies, and they leave little messages on the Queen Anne's lace flowers. And she's always reading. who oh, it's a note from a fairy. I'm like I don't believe in fairies, Dad. You just killed a fairy. You know if you say I don't believe in fairies, they die. So we just killed two. But truth is, I don't believe in fairies. That's three. Uh, and um, uh, but but when my daughter comes in talking about fairies, I'm like I don't believe in fairies. Stop bringing that crap around here. Do you know how much damage the world's uh, gone through because of fairies it, we don't do that why not because we don't believe in fairies which really makes it odd when an atheist says i don't believe in god and yet they're terribly angry at at this god who doesn't exist but there's something polarizing about this this person named jesus christ that inside of us it, it brings reaction it either brings the response of your god and i'm not and i'm gonna live for you because it's better or it brings this thing of no i don't want that i don't want that i don't want that and it's in us every single day You know, if you read the Bible just simply as it's written, if you were just to sit on an island all by yourself with the Bible for 20 years and just simply read it as it's written, it's pretty hard to find in there where uh, any kind of argument to say that Jesus is not God. Because if you read through the Gospels, he'll tell you that he's God. Flat out. He's like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen God. I'm God. Uh, Okay, we if you want to make a case that Jesus is not God using the Bible, you've got to find verses from all over the place to try and make that happen. It's just not the way it is. But if we read the Bible and allowed it to just um, permeate our hearts and really change us just the way it is, you know, if he's sitting on that island in 20 years of that, just reading through Acts and be like, wow, those stories are true. Reading through the Gospels of who Jesus is, that's true. And You come and sit down in a church in North America today, there's an incredible disconnect of what people really believe. You look around and go, do these people really believe that Jesus is God? Do they really believe that Jesus is Lord? Do they really believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? This is what Paul's talking to this Ephesian church about, and not just them, but to us. Saying, do you really believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God, that that he's been raised from the dead? Well, let me tell you who he is. It's the reason why Paul wrote it. He says, I pray that your eyes would be open, that you would really understand who he is and understand the power um, that's in him uh, because it, it matters. Uh, the Bible keeps bringing stuff to us that, that just presses on us uh, and, and reveals in our hearts who we are and really where we're at. You know, like the Bible says that Jesus, the power that raised him from the dead is the same power that seated him at the right hand of God in, in, in heaven. In heaven, if you read about stories about heaven, all the stories in the Bible you read about heaven, everybody's bowing down. Like there's nobody sitting, no one stands, everyone's bowing down except Jesus. Why? Because they're bowing down to him. You know, it says he's seated right at the right hand of the Father, and people are like, how can he be God, the Father, and God, the Son? Once again, the Bible's pressing on you that you are not God, and he can do things like that. That's who he can be. See, but in our, in our experience, there's so much that we look at, and, re- and, and, and in our experience, we don't see it. So a lot of times in our heads, whether we realize it or not, we're going to choose our experience over truth every time. Did Jesus historically raise from the dead? Do we believe that Jesus, not just kind of in my heart, raised from the dead, not just in an idea, did he historically raise from the dead? See, back then, that's exactly what they believed. That's exactly what they saw. That's exactly what they put their lives on the line for. Because it was treason back then to say, anyone other than Caesar is Lord. They're living in, under Roman rule. It, everything you did was praise to be to Caesar. You went to see a movie, praise be to Caesar. You went to you know, the grocery store, praise be to Caesar. Because Caesar made your life. It, your life was in Caesar. So for Paul to say, you know what, Caesar's not Lord, Jesus is Lord, was an incredible uh, uh, account of treason. It's what, he gave, it's what he gave his life for. Not only gave it to live it, but died for it. Died for this belief. Do we have that thought of, you know what, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, you know, Jesus isn't Lord, uh, you just mention that or I'll put a bullet in you. Uh, how many of us would say, ah, sorry, man, Jesus is Lord and, and take whatever comes? Do we believe it to that level? And that's, and that's what they're saying in uh, Ephesians is this is what, this is to the, to the level and the d- degree that he believes this. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's telling us that it, with God, nothing's impossible. Know who Jesus is. It's supposed to be confrontational to us. You know, Jesus, he's not really like the pictures that you kind of grew up seeing. You know, uh, I went to Sweets Corners Church when I first became a youth pastor there, and they had this picture of Jesus over the drum kit. It was this, this man with long, flowing hair, pale, thin face, looking off into heaven, all, you know, saintly. And, and uh, Wes and I were like, that doesn't really look like Jesus. He's like, I know, but Jesus has been here for like a hundred years. You can't, we can't do anything about it. I'm like, I'm stealing him. And then he's like, what? He's like, I've wanted to do that for years. I'm like, I'm doing it. I took him down. I took Jesus to my apartment put him in the closet. And uh, we just waited to see what fireworks Happen. Um, it was for the good of the church because uh, he, he, I, I know uh, youth pastors get away with stuff like that. So uh, I, I took Jesus down, and um, people didn't, didn't didn't faze them. I, I, a couple people mentioned, "Where did Jesus go?" I'm like, "He's still here. He's just the picture's gone. He doesn't look like that." You know he's not wimpy. He's not this victim. Like oh, he gave his life. You know, laid down his life. He's this wimpy character. Paul says in Ephesians, he's like yes, for thirty three years he lived on this planet serving man, living with the limitations of being human. But he's God. He's living with under limits uh, here, showing what it looks like to be a human fully dependent on God. He didn't. He wasn't doing stuff on Earth because he was God. It wasn't like he could heal people because he was God. And I want so important that you understand this. He could heal people because he was fully dependent on God. He spent time in the wilderness, time alone, just seeking his father, saying, God, I'm only going to do what you show me to do. I'm only going to heal who you show me to heal. And it was the, the power of Holy Spirit working through his life. Why? Because he's showing you what his idea for the kingdom, for the body of Christ was to look like. That same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I I know. You're like, you shouldn't have had decaf this morning because this is like. I know it's a little bit mind-boggling. I can't say that I fully comprehend, but I want to. My desire is that that, that what's written here would be true for us. That just reading this word, that my eyes would be open to see the power of God in our lives. It's working towards us. There's too many needs around that need that. It's saying, God, I want to see that happen in my life and he's saying you know jesus might have been that 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 savior who walked the planet seemed wimpy laid down his life gave his life but that's not him now you want to know what he looks like now he's seated at the right hand of god he's over everything he has dominion over every leader over every principality over every power over everything he's king He's the big guy, he's the head honcho, he's coming back with his army for war. There's going to be blood all over his clothes as he uh, enforces his kingdom on on the planet. Uh, uh, Once again, he's coming back. He ain't coming back like just this weak, wimpy person. See, men have a hard time with weak, wimpy Jesus, but he ain't. Is that a word? (laughs) Jesus showed us what it looks like to live a life fully dependent on God. It's amazing, you see just how the kingdom of God worked in his life. Just as he's walking through the streets, having compassion on people, just, just supernatural love for someone, you can have that. He had the power just to lay his hands on people, didn't pray, just lay his hands on people, and they were healed. You can have that. He cast out demons, oftentimes just with a word, just saying, listen, you, you don't belong here, get out of here. Guess what? He didn't let the demons talk back to him either. Heard a guy named Mark Clark, he's a pastor from out west, just sharing on this, and it was just eye-opening for me. He never let them talk back. Why did Jesus not let demons talk back? He's like, oh, we're talking about Demons. Demons are very real. The, the, the world, the, the spiritual realm is more real than this one. What you see, that's why he's saying, I want you to see what you can't see. I want you to see the power of God because it's not in this realm, it's in the spiritual realm. When you see it there, it'll affect what you see here. There's all kinds of stuff happening around. He's like, I want you just to know what it's all about. Jesus never let the demons talk back to him because, you know, number one, he knows them. He's like, listen, I know what they're full of. They're full of lies. They're full of temptation. That's never going to take me to a good place. So i just done. Kill it. Shut up. He's like, I didn't say shut up in the New King James. I know, we probably made it nice and uh, pretty, but he probably wasn't nice and pretty about it. He's like, some demon wants to talk to him. Well, you're the son of God. Shut up. And what is he showing us? He's showing us the lifestyle as a believer of just killing sin, just killing it dead, not, not giving it the chance to even uh, grow in our lives. But we're not like that, though. <laughs> you know, for us, we kind of like the, the temptation of sin. We do. It, it sounds kind of nice for us. It's different for every one of us. It's different for every one of you of what that thing is. But that voice starts talking to you like, you know, this would feel really good right now. You know, that that, that drink of alcohol that uh, you know you can't handle, but you can handle it this time. It's pretty good for you. You know, that, that flirting with that girl at work, you know, it's, that, that's kind of what happens. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, it's this, it's this thing of, you know, you're at home, you got three kids, you know, they're, they're throwing up cereal in the morning, you know, your wife just spends all her time with those kids, and, uh, you know, she's got cereal in her hair, and you're like, look at her as you leave the house, and she's like, see you later. You know, and she's working with the kids, and, and you head off to work, and it's like, oh man, you know what? And then all of a sudden, there's this girl at work, and she's like, you know, she doesn't have cereal in her hair. And she didn't have three kids, and, and she thinks you're funny. And she thinks you're kind of, you know, she thinks you're, you're kind of quite the man. She likes your ideas. You know, she likes talking to you, and she thinks that conversation is great. And you kind of, you know, like how that makes you feel. So you entertain it a little bit. You know, when you kind of allow it, it's it's not really wrong. Then you have to have that conversation. You know, is this, is this wrong? Like, are we allowed, should we be doing, should we be doing this? And you're like, oh, you know, it's, no, it's not, it's okay, it's fine. And you just kind of keep hanging out. You know what he's telling you? You know, the next day, maybe tomorrow, you go to work and that girl's there and she's like, hey, Johnny, shut up! <laughs> this ain't happening anymore. <laughs> talk to the man this week who's living this out. I'm like, you know what? Quit that job if you have to. Yeah. Quit it. It ain't worth it. The money's not worth whatever you're losing. It's a part-time job and you could lose your family. It ain't worth it. But what happens? That lie just keeps saying, this is going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going it. to be worth it. Let's talk to you this morning. Because he's saying, listen, the kingdom of God, Jesus in you, just gives you the power to say, shut up, let's kill it dead. I'm not managing sin, I'm killing it. Done. Our lives are something so important. And Jesus is saying, you know what, I'm above it all. When Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, hey, when's your kingdom coming? He's like, don't look over here. Oh, this is the place where God is moving, or this is the place where God is moving. He's like, the kingdom's in you. It's in you. Get the idea of Jesus Christ being in you. Like, well, when are you going to talk about me? Like, when are you talking about helping me? Because I'm going through some stuff, you know, and i got some relational issues. Like, when, when are you going to start, just a lot about Jesus, but what about me? If we don't understand who he is, you'll never understand who you are in him. Never. So Paul is saying to them, I've written all of this stuff about who Jesus is. This is who he is. He's far above everything. Do you realize that whatever you're going through, it didn't surprise God? He's not been having with Gabriel going, oh, sheesh, dang, i never knew he'd go to the doctor and that's going to be the, re- the result gabriel did you see this coming no i didn't see this coming what are we gonna do we gonna help him i don't know if we should help him I, what, can we do something yeah, we can do your god you can do something oh, okay but man i didn't see this coming i gotta go work up something some sort of miracle to fix this he's not surprised see we all think oh god you never saw this coming," and beg and plead that god's gonna do something he knows he knows he knows the journey. Someone said that he knows the beginning from the end. He knows. Our our, our opportunity is saying, What do we really believe? Part of it, and I would say this part of it is like, God, if you're so great, why don't you help me out? Part of it's here. A big part of it is here. A big part of it is what you really believe. He's saying, You know what? Just because you say, Oh, God's powerful up here doesn't mean that you believe God's powerful right here. I'm not saying that every single person is going to get full revelation of this. I'm not saying that if you're going through something tough that you don't believe, I, I'm, not, I, I'm asking you to consider that thought though. That Do I really believe? Or do I just keep believing what doctors say? Do I just keep believing what everyone else is saying? do I believe that Christ lives in me? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. That God will never leave me, never forsake me. So if I'm going through this, well, then I'm going through it with him. I'm not going to fight him. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going with him. Let you be the strength in my life. It says Jesus is seated and everything's bowing to him. He's over everything here. Do you know that cancer doesn't exist in heaven? That uh, fear, not in heaven. Death, not there. Why? Because he beat it all already. He's destroyed it all already. All of those things that they got a name, they bow to him. What are the names of things that you're listening to that think that they, they hold control over your life? Maybe it's addiction, just speaking uh, control over your life. You got Christ living in you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Paul's saying, you've got Christ in you. You're in him. This is who he is. There's joy and there's peace. And all those spiritual desires that you try and find in natural things doesn't happen. Why? Because you're meant to find it in spiritual things. You're meant to find it in relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, we're talking about the demonic realm. It's very real. Um, This week, we actually had a girl who was laying in her bed. uh, And um, she, she had phoned us after this experience had happened. She wanted to go to Guatemala. And uh, she's laying in her room. The light was on in the hallway and all of a sudden she just saw this dark mist start going over the light in the hallway. Came into her room and held her down on her bed and said, you're not going anywhere. Incredible fear grabbed a hold of her. She's one of the only people in her family who's a believer. She called to some of the people in the church and said, listen, this is what just happened to me. And I'm freaked out. Why? She just saw the spiritual realm was real. Somebody who's going, putting their life on the line saying, I'm going to go to Guatemala and make a difference for the kingdom. You better be expecting that something's going to come and attack that. You know, the Bible says as the church that that, that the the gates of hell will not stand against the church that Jesus is building. The people who know him, man, hell is, is in trouble. The gates, gates is like a symbol of defense. Hell's not the one causing all the problems we are. In a good way. Causing problems for, for, for all the things that are, are trying to do some damage. You know what? People went in there. They began to pray and just say, you know what? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. You know that there is, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, of, uh, but a spirit of love, power, sound mind. That thing's got to go. They put Hillsong music in that house. So that family was sick of listening to Hillsong music. But they're changing the atmosphere and saying, listen, we're bringing God's light into this place. Darkness got to go. Why? Because they know who they are in Christ. How do you respond How do you respond? Um, You know, when we talk about demons, sometimes people get a little bit weirded out. Like, (gasps) you know, let me just tell you, Jesus didn't have a problem with it. He dealt with it just like that. You know, there's two types of people though. Some, you'll obsess about it. Like, everything's a demon. It's like, i got to find a demon. You know, you were you on your way to church, and you got a nail in your tire, and you're just like, oh, it's a demon. You didn't want me to go to church. You cast the demon of nails out of your tires, and it's like everything is, it, it's not. You know, you're just an idiot, right? Like, it's, uh, it's not. Uh, you're just looking for stuff. But other things, I shouldn't say that. I don't think any of you actually are. I just, I actually don't think any of you are like that. That's why I would say that. But I, if you are, I'm sorry. I really don't think anyone here, I love you guys. But I'm saying, The other thought is that people will deny it and say it's not there and not real. Do you realize that when you deny something that's actually affecting your life, it has the power to keep affecting your life? That temptation's got the power to keep affecting your life as long as you say it's not there. If you're struggling with addiction, you think you're not. (laughs) It's got power over your life until you're willing to own it. And at that point, you'll find freedom. You will. There's enough of you here around me who know that what I'm saying is true. The Bible says that in Christ. In Christ, we win. You know, even in your parenting, talking to your kids, you know, like my daughter, in the middle of the night, last night, I finally got to fall asleep at 2 o'clock after my other kids, sick kids. It's a long night. Fall asleep at 2 o'clock at 2.30. My daughter comes in, and she's terrified, having nightmares. And, you know, you could go and say, you know what? Oh, there's no monsters. They're not real. Didn't you watch Monsters University? They're all friendly. They got five eyes, and they just want to look at you, you know? It's just... but I say, you know what? I began to sit there with Reese. I was like, Reese, just trust Jesus. Just keep going to Jesus. He's stronger. He's stronger than anything, no matter what it is that you fear. And I began to pray just for her. God's given you a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. She's like, he didn't give you this fear. And she's like, thank you, Jesus. And, and you know, she's six. What am I doing? I'm putting in her, because monsters, are real. You know, but it's just dealing in a, in, a, in a way with her to realize I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna face monsters in my life. They might have all kinds of names. But you know what? Jesus is stronger and I run to him every time. Just deal with it normally. Don't go in there like, you know, before bed, pray, oh, dear Lord, I pray over my, my little Johnny tonight and all the demons that want to take his soul tonight. You know, would you protect him from, from that? And he's like, why? Well, you know, like, Dad, were you praying? You know, we're going to the room, you, uh, you said you had a nightmare? Let me get the cross. And you're know, that little thing? You know, I'm pouring oil all over the beds. And the neighbors are watching, like, what the heck is wrong with that family over there? You're like telling your friends this, whatever. Just have a ministry of normal. Right? be spirit contemporary, just allow Holy Spirit to be real just in a very real and normal way. just be be, be aware of these things he 's saying this is, this is what it's, what it 's all about in Christ. Why is it all so important? It boils down to this I, I, I want to share this in the last couple of minutes here is that knowing that he 's Got it. That he's king over all of it. Everything you face here, he's Lord over it all. He's Lord over your boss. He's Lord over all, all the stuff that's going on in your life. He's still Lord. It, it, you know why? That he's going to change that situation or he's going to carry you through it. He's going to navigate you through it and, and change other lives as a result. But he's Lord. And we start realizing that that's who he is. It trickles down to say this. In the last couple of verses, God's put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things. Why? For the benefit of the church. For you that that would trickle down that that because he reigns you can reign because he's 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 over everything he's got all those things conquered that that would trickle down into your life and you'd live that out it says he's um it, the body the body of christ the church is made full and complete by christ who fills all things everywhere with himself he's saying as i fill you the church with me it's going to bring this kind of change to the world uh, around you in christ we're ruling and reigning now uh, ephesians the next chapter we look at which is not really another chapter just part of this letter he says you know what you're seated in heavenly places with christ you're already there remember how he said you're already blessed well you already win whatever you're up against you already win if you just realize that in christ you win not fighting it on your own in um you know as it, it, a read through the book of acts i just see that they got this these people back then who were willing to lay down their lives they had incredible stories why because it was true they realized that you know and some would say oh that's not for today acts chapter one just says In the very first verse, he's like, hey, I'm writing this to tell you, he says, I wrote before about what Jesus began to do. Now I want to write what he's doing now. He's doing it through other people. Jesus told his disciples, probably the 12, the apostles, he said to them, he says, hey, don't leave Jerusalem until you have Holy Spirit. Why? Because he never did anything without Holy Spirit. So he says to those 12 apostles, you know, that's where a lot of people think that that's why it ended with them. That yeah, of course they could do miracles. Peter and James and John, for sure, they were with Jesus. They knew exactly how to pray, and they saw Jesus place his hand, and it was actually with two fingers. That's why. You know, we don't do it that way. But they knew, of course they knew. Uh, He's not saying that. What happens in the upper room, it says that all the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of them began to do this stuff. Paul never met Jesus, and yet he's the one who did incredible signs and wonders, because what? He trusted the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God in you can affect the world around you. But only if we believe it. Luke chapter 19 just talks about the story. I don't have time to read it, but if you would, go, go home and look at it. Just talks about a king who went to uh, get a country and, and the people who uh, were there said, we don't want you to rule over us. Later he comes back and he get, has an account with them. He says, some of you I gave 10 pounds of um, silver. Some of you I gave five pounds. Some of you I gave one. What did you do with it? He says, the ones who had 10... Those people, he said, they turned the 10 pounds into 20 pounds of silver. And he says, for you, you're going to reign over 10 cities. The other one had five pounds of silver and turned that into 10. He says, you're going to reign over uh, five cities. And the one who said, I have one. I hid it because I knew you were a jerk. You just make me work for you. And, and you just take all the profits in the end. He's like, yeah, well, you should have put it in the bank. And he says, he took that one away from him, gave it to the one who had 10 and cast the one out. He said, in this story, what I'm telling you is this is what the kingdom is like. That inside of each of us, there is this thing that wants to push against, I don't want you to rule over me. Some of you here this morning, you're sitting here in church, you're doing Christian things, but he doesn't rule over you. You know, you might think that he's, you know, your savior and you're good with that, but he says, I want to be your Lord. The idea was that he would become master. Because the thing is, we only have one or the other. We either have Jesus as our master or Satan as our master. We're never master. Satan loves us to think that we are so that we keep serving him, keep going down the road that leads to destruction. There's a battle for your mind this morning. I'm fully aware of that. You know, this message sharing with you, saying this is who Jesus is. He's incredible, absolutely amazing, loves you, wants to be Lord in your life. As you follow him, you'll see incredible stuff happen in and through your life and he'll carry you. You're gonna find everything your heart's desire is in him. There's another message that gets preached to you every single day on the radio, on television, at your work, wherever it is. You know, in our culture, it's simple things like this, like money. You know, just make more money, make more money, make more money. Why? Because if you make more money, you can buy a bigger house. And if you make more money, you can buy a bigger car. And if you make more money, you can do more of this. You know what he's saying to you? Keep making more money because you know what? You can bless the kingdom. That's what it's for. He's going to paradigm shift why we make money. Because you can make money and chase that to the end of your life and at the end go, wow, it was empty. Or you could say, you know what, today, I've got, I'm have blessed so I can send money to the Philippines. I'm blessed so I can send money to Guatemala. I'm blessed so I can pay, uh, send food to the food bank here. I'm blessed. I have more than what I need. And, and realizing that it wasn't there just for you. But it's, it's, it's preaching to you. You know, I watch my favorite TV shows, Elementary. It's Sherlock Holmes and Watson. I know if you, it's, it's a little bit of a whatever. But Sherlock Holmes, you know, I, I loved this show up until this couple weeks ago. I'm watching this movie, or this, uh, this show, um, and all of a sudden, they're talking about marriage and Sherlock Holmes. You know, this genius guy begins to talk about marriage, like, that ah, marriage was old school, you know, really, the best thing is just two people, it doesn't really matter, you sleep with whoever, there are no consequences, that's what it's all about. I'm like, Sherlock, like, good grief, man, you're like the smartest guy, and how do you not see that? But I realize in our culture, it's the message that keeps being pushed on you, pushed on you, pushed on you. There's no consequences. You sleep with whoever. You do whatever. You're not going to have to pay. You're not going to have to pay. Marriage is old school. You know, this whole idea is it's, it's now just about live with whoever, sleep with whoever. It's that, that's, that's all you really need. Guess what? It's a lie. It's a lie. I'm like ready to just yell at Sherlock. Shut up! You don't have it. You don't have it. That battle is going for your mind it's going for your mind today jesus didn't say the good news is that you got to change what you do <laughs> he didn't come and say hey i got good news for you you get to go to church on sunday instead of sleeping in you got to pull up those baggy pants and turn that hat around you gotta take out those piercings stop drinking alcohol stop uh, hanging out with those bad people and then you're a christian he didn't say that so the power of the gospel is not changing what you do but changing what you think The bible says repent that means change your mind Change your mind about how you're living with money. Change your mind about how you're living with sex in your life. Change your mind how you're living with your addictions. Change your mind about how you live in the world around you. He says, Just, this is the idea of repentance, changing your mind. And he says, you know what? I want to be Lord, master in your life, that the decisions you make, it may cost you everything. You may not get that bigger house, bigger mansion, bigger car. You may not have any of that because I might call you to give it all away. But he's worth it. My challenge for you this morning is just to let the word of God press on that part of your heart this morning. Just flat out, straight as it is, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. He's seated above all those things. For some of you, it's going to bring real freedom. For others of you, it's going to be real difficult because there's that thing of I still love, I still love my sin. still love that spot. He's not calling you to He's not calling you to hate that. He's just calling you to love Him. In the loving Him, we'll take care of that. Take care of that. Let's pray. Father, God, thanks for your word this morning. Pray that you would do what I can't do. God, I've done my best to share what I believe your word says on this. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just plant these seeds deep into hearts here. That open hearts would bear fruit uh, of this in their lives and see that it's true. Jesus, your Lord. (laughs) Your God, I pray that the reality of that will be reality in our lives as we live them out this week for you. That we can sing with all of our heart, my whole life is yours. I give it all. I surrender to you. Thank you for the adventure we're about to go on as a result of that. Pray your blessing over these people this morning, for each of your kids and this family. Thanks for bringing us together as your family. I pray, uh, Lord, that there's people here who don't know you, that they would just have a sense of how real you are and your amazing love for them, that, they, that you offer them something so incredible and so great. God, I pray, give them courage to take it. Pray over every person as they leave this place. May they take your light and shine bright this week wherever they find themselves. May they have courage and strength to uh, shut down and, and destroy sin in their lives and, and, and continue to pursue you. For your wonderful name, pray, amen.